Venice, the very start of the summer season and the great, good and gifted, from the worlds of urbanism and academia, diplomacy and divinity have gathered at the top of the Adriatic for the world's most important show dedicated to the built environment. Yes, dear viewer, the Venice Architecture Biennale is back for its 16th edition and we're here on opening day. In case you've never been, you must set aside two days before the 25th of November as the Venetians have their own special take on hosting such spectacles and their biennales are international benchmarks that ebb, flow, and unfold across the glittering city. This year, participants were asked to address the theme of free space and what it means to bulging cities, decaying villages, and the sprawl of suburbia. Set beneath a leafy canopy and a long gravel boulevards, owning a national pavilion at the Giardini is the soft power equivalent of having a permanent seat on the UN Security Council. This is a special, rather peculiar club that recalls a time when national brands invested big in expos and embassies, and terms like value engineering had yet to be uttered in the corridors of well-funded ministries. Canada's modernist pavilion got a delicate renovation this year that saw it open up to its elegant surroundings and devote its wall and floor space to telling the story of its commissioning by ministers in Ottawa to its opening in 1958. It's also an example of why countries need proud and well-funded symbols to represent their image and interests abroad, given Canada's previous government sold off many of its most high-profile diplomatic missions around the world. Across the canal and set in a handsome structure, Romania provoked with a well-executed and rather charming exhibition that built on recollection and memory from our childhood spent on playgrounds and grassy patches. I've never been to Romania and, till now, haven't had much interest, but its commentary revealed the power a nation can wield in a fine setting with an evocative idea. Moreover, how it can shift perceptions. Back along what passes for the Grand Via of the Giardini, Germany, not surprisingly, is a powerful, imposing player and delivered what had to be one of the most considered and cleverly executed displays of national psyche, geopolitics, and modern history. Titled Unbuilding Walls, it was a summary of historical division in Germany, existing walls globally, and the possibilities and opportunities that flourish without obstacles. Graphically strong and rigorous, it embodied both the cliches and the subtleties of the Bundesrepublik. Deep, searching, generous, and precise. The UK's offer was rather the opposite of the Federal Republic. A nice enough looking pavilion was part covered in scaffolding and its walls left bare, in a slightly grayish, scuffed white, as if some students had fled a bedsit without collecting their deposit. Dubbed Island, it's a poor work on every level. Yes, it might tick many boxes about being a commentary on Brand UK, but it was an embarrassment from a taxpayer's perspective, had little to do with architecture, and suggested an otherwise very creative nation had run out of ideas, and maybe human talent. Switzerland's low-slung, elegant pavilion was also an exercise in white, but unlike the UK, played with scale, hard right angles, domestic fantasies, and cycles of consumption. It picked up the top prize by echoing the signature architectural style that has governed Swiss apartment design since the 1950s, and how we inhabit such canvases. Through the shrubbery and around the corner from the Swiss, Finland addressed free space with a thorough exploration of its libraries and the role in the metabolism of the nation. Could a library be the ultimate expression in free space, particularly ones operated by a generous Nordic welfare state? Overall, a sharp idea that demanded the visitor linger, but perhaps not the best execution for a strong idea. 
Glimmering in the sunlight just meters away, the pavilion belonging to main sponsor Rolex was striking, in no small part because it did much of the work the UK pavilion should have been doing. Collaborator David Chipperfield worked with his Swiss protege, Simon Kretz, to conjure up theoretical concepts for a controversial site in London. The ideas were uplifting, smart, and restored a certain dignity to the capital. Then again, was this a living example of the state abdicating all responsibility to the private sector? Perhaps. To witness the most exemplary expression of power and divine persuasion, we venture across the channel from the Giardini and tie up on the island of San Giorgio. Here the Vatican decided to properly go for it for their debut at the Biennale and commissioned a lineup of architects, known and less so, to design and erect a series of small chapels and clearings around the island. In short, the execution was immaculate, the branding desirable, and I suddenly felt very proud to have been taught by nuns. Why did the Vatican decide to put on such a display now? A surge in new pavilions from the Middle East? Did they feel the moment was right to think about contemplation and forgiveness in a time of condemnation, shaming, and posting negativity? I hope so. I think the Cardinal and the Spin Doctor are betting on it. For Monocle, in Venice, I'm Tyler Brulee.